Welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we talk with your favorite LGBTQ author. I'm Anita Kelly, and my guest today is the author known as Finian Barnett. Hello, Finn. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm just trying to stay warm up here in British Columbia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll bet. It's it's cold just a little further south of you, so I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, Finn, um, many people probably know you by another name. Um, do you want to... Let's let's talk about that first. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to talk about that. Do you, do you want me to just talk about why I changed or Yeah. So, let's talk about your former name and why you changed. Okay, so I am now calling myself of course the writer formerly known as Beth Burnett and most people of course know me as know me by that name. All of my books are under that name, all of my schooling. I'm a teacher, everything. Um, over the last several years, I've been doing, I almost wanted to say struggling or wrestling with uh, concepts of gender identity, but I really don't feel as if anything has been a struggle or a wrestle. I feel as if I've been really blessed and fortunate to have two really incredible friends, Kim Stagg and Nikki Little, and, um, and a really amazing wife who just allow me to bounce off everything I'm feeling without any kind of judgment. And um, so I've been kind of going through this and I'm still working on it. I'm still in these kind of questioning phases. But one day I just said to my wife, like, you know, what's going to happen when I just take on this name, Finian, which is a name that I've wanted to go by for several years now. It's a cool and, name, you know, by the way. What's going to happen? No one... Thank you. I love it. I love, I love the name Finian. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I wrestled with that change for uh, for a long time, and and finally, you know, my wife's like, it's not ever it's like having a baby. There's never going to be an ideal time for it. Um, the question is, how long can you live with not having that as your name? And That's... and finally, I just said, you know, let's just do it. So I did. I it, it seemed really fun to a lot of people, but to the people who've been on the journey with me. They know it's been several years in the making. Yeah, and um, your wife has a good perspective on that, right? Um, it, it there never will be a good time, and and it really is about you, not not other people. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, well, congrats, exactly. Congratulations. Thank you. It yeah. feels it feels. I love it. I've been really blessed to have so many people being so open. Like I messaged my professor, who's a this gender straight white guy and I said um I know I hope it's okay but I'd like to go by Finian or Finn in class from now on and he's like okay that's great no problem I love it <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that's really wonderful yeah. oh nice really nice and so you've been you've had like a really positive reception it sounds like just almost 100% positive and even the somewhat negative that I got has only just been kind of like mildly negative, like, oh, well, you'll always be best to me from a couple of people. <laughs> it's just like, well, you know, I, I, I can't really fault them. I don't think that they're being you know, negative or harsh. It's just, you know, something that some people, I've, I've had years to come to terms with it, and, and maybe they'll need that time too. Yeah, it sounds like that was said out of endearment maybe, but not 
um, an enlightened place, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, congratulations. That's exciting. So now, will you be publishing under the name Finian? I I will um, if I ever publish another book again. <laughs> I hope will happen at some point. <laughs> uh, come on, we're waiting. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, I I haven't published a novel since 2018 was my last one. And what happened was I I run the GCLS Writing Academy. I'm teaching six classes. I'm in a doctoral program, and I just knew something was going to have to to fall, or I was going to have a nervous breakdown. So I just gave myself this permission to kind of put my writing on the back burner. But what happened was I couldn't because a writer can't not write. And what I've ended up with is I have three completed novels just basically sitting here waiting for me to do the horrible process of revision and submission. And I just haven't gotten to that. And I just started a new novel. So I think ultimately maybe in 10 years or so, I'll have 10 completed novels that just all need to be revised and published. Oh, that's, that is the worst part, right? Doing those it revisions. Is. It's, it's, oh, it's excruciating. Yeah. Well, you, so you're pretty much a slacker then is what you're saying, right? wow so you're teaching six classes is that like undergrad i teach mostly undergrad and i also teach for the southern new hampshire university online mfa program okay wow great so that's a lot of work right there um and then (laughs) and then you're in your own grad program is that is that right I am. I just, um, a year ago, I started a doctoral program in English pedagogy. So that will ultimately um, lead to hopefully a full-time professorship job, which is my my main goal. Wow. Good luck with that. How long do you have to go? I want to say 84 years, but I think (laughs) it's really more like three. Okay. All right. Three you can handle. Three's in sight, right? I can handle. I can do anything for three years, right? Heck yeah. Yep, definitely. Wow, that's fantastic. You're you're really um making some some changes, amazing changes, right? You know, not bad for someone who is actually not a naturally motivated person. Uh, yeah. It's it's difficult, right? Uh Especially, has, has it been a while since you were um, actively a student? No, actually, I didn't go to school for the first time until I was 39. And I'm going to be 50 this year, very soon this month, in fact. Um, so I have done most of my schooling over just the past 10 years. Wow, that is amazing. Good for you, Finn. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. That's freaking awesome. That is. That's really great. Good for you. So I was going to ask you, you if I was going to ask you if you have any works in progress or any novel coming out soon. But it sounds like you have three. I think you mentioned that were completed and, and needed some fine tuning and another one um, 
that you wanted to work on. So uh, nothing's coming out in the, the very near future, at least for maybe three years, right? Right. I, I don't have anything actually planned. I, I have nothing that's sitting in a submission process anywhere. I've, I've published a couple of short stories. I had a short story in the Sapphire Books anthology for Clexicon last year. Oh, cool. And I just recently was accepted into an anthology for the Calgary Arts Development um, Journal, which will be coming out, I think, soon in the next few months. So I, I am submitting here and there, but as for a novel, I think it'll probably be a couple of years before I'm ready to just go back until that whole onerous process of submitting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I could understand why. Um, you're probably doing enough writing, reading and writing in uh, in grad school right now. So um, Definitely. How many books do you have published to date? I have six novels. Okay. And um, um five through Sapphire Books Publishing and I and I self-published one. Really? How was that process? It was interesting. It was it was difficult, and I have a lot of respect for people who do it on a regular basis because there's so much to it. Um, and I think that I probably never really gave my publisher as much credit as I should with how much they do for for an author as far as getting books to conferences and submitting books to awards and getting reviews on books and all of those things that I suddenly realized how involved it was when I had to do it for myself. So there was a lot of greatness about it. It was nice to have all the control and, you know, all the royalties and all of that. But, um, and I really enjoyed working with Anne McMahon as my cover artist and uh, Lisa McGowan of Red Pen for Rent was a phenomenal editor. Uh, but I don't know that I would self-publish again just because of the amount of work. Yeah, that is a lot of work. I just had a friend go through that process. You know, you're you're doing everything, just everything, including like marketing the book. Yes, yes, which does not come naturally to a lot of writers. You know, I I want to just you know write a book and give it to someone and let them take care of all of the uh, the business stuff, and and you can't do that when you're self publishing. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, good for you though. To tr- Check it out, you know, try it out. So out of those six novels, Finn, do you have a favorite and what would it be? Uh, I don't know. I mean, are people allowed to say they have a favorite? It's like having a favorite kid, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, we all kind of do, but, yeah. <laughs> like, I know I'm my mom's favorite. Like, why wouldn't I be? But, you know, I can't actually say it. Right. That's true, <laughs> so right. I, but you can. I would probably say that my favorite book of mine um, is Eating Life, which was my fourth novel, I believe, just because the characters in that felt so real to me. They still, like, I could still pick up that book and start reading it and just get to giggling over some of the things. And um, I think one of the things I really loved about that book is I had a character who came into it with, who was a straight man named Ben who was just kind of supposed to be a prop to get my main character from one place to another. And he ended up being so loving and gentle and wonderful that 
he ended up being in the entire book. And I'm actually kind of working on an outline with another book that would have him and one of the characters from Eating Life, um, their stories after that, that book. So yeah, that was, that was probably my favorite. Oh, that's cool. That's great. Uh, that's a nice little unexpected surprise, right? Uh, with Ben. Yeah, when you see when you fall in love with the characters, it's a feeling that just can't be beat. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm sure you are your mom's favorite. Um, you know, even though she won't say it. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so how many how many kids are in your family? There are four of us from my parents' first marriage and then my father has two kids with his second wife that are about thirty years younger than I am. Okay. All right. So where do you fall in line um, within your four? I'm a middle child. It's uh, I'm the second oldest and uh, it's there's, there's three girls and one boy in the four. And, and so of the three girls, I'm the middle one. And uh, I always say that, you know, I'm, I'm the, Laura was really the favorite because she was the oldest and then Dolly was the favorite because she was the youngest and I was just kind of, you know, the forgotten middle child. That's why I'm so weird now because I had entertained myself so often. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm the youngest of seven. And so I always tell everyone that my mom, I tell my siblings that our mom saved the best for last. Um, of course, sure. of course, absolutely. Yeah, they don't. They don't believe me. They still call me the brat. So you know. Um. So you have a full time career, right? So when, like pre grad school, um, were you uh, writing full time, or did you have like another, I'll say, day job as well? I've been mostly, well, I've been teaching since 2017. So I, um, teaching, I've always kind of seen teaching as my full-time job, uh, college instructor. And before that, I, I did write full-time for a while. Um, but I've always kind of held like the odd job here and there to supplement that income. Okay. All right. So um, I, I find that most uh, writers of um, of any kind, really, uh, until they, unless you're like Stephen King or, you know, the, uh, who are they, the Kellermans, you know, yeah, most of them have a day uh, day job and writing is, is uh, a side gig for them. Um, so uh, I guess it, it doesn't pay yeah. the bills all the time. Um, it, I, I think it depends on a lot of factors, but I've always found it funny because I, I teach Stephen King's on writing to my MFA students. And he always says that, you know, the best process is to get up every morning, have your breakfast, do some exercise, and then sit down and write all day with only a break for lunch. And it's like, you know, Stephen, you've got a wife bringing you lunch. You've got the wife taking care of the kids and you work full time. So, you know, your writing process might be great for you, but it's not necessarily going to work for everybody. I, I know, right? It's uh, not practical for everyone. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So, so Finn, tell us about your involvement with the Golden Crown Literary Society, um, and can you tell our listeners about Golden Crown? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a little bit of backstory with Golden Crown. I learned about them after my first novel. My publisher recommended I go to a conference, and I want to say that was 2013 in Dallas. I know if Carleen Spry listens to this, she'll correct me if I'm wrong, because she knows everything about DCLS, like all trivia. But wow. I want to say it was 2013 in Dallas, and I went to the conference, and I fell in love with it. I just, it was just, so many writers in the women loving women fiction genre and everyone I'd ever read and a lot of people I had never read. And it just felt so amazing to be with so many writers and readers and publishers. And I just loved it so much that when someone asked me the following year, if I wanted to apply for the director of membership job, I did. Um, but I, I was only a director of membership. I want to say for, maybe a year. And then in 2015, I was kind of thrown in as an assistant into the GCLS Writing Academy. It had just started. It was just off the ground. It had only had one year at that point. And I was supposed to just kind of be an assistant, but I ended up taking over the whole program. And then I became the director of education. And I've put in so much time and love into that program since then. What we have this year is is a billion times removed from where it started. We've got some of the most amazing instructors, and we teach every facet of writing from the opening page to character development to um, dialogue um, to point of view. And uh, this year I was lucky to have Anna Burke come on board. She's going to be my replacement of, um, as the director of education this year. And we just have such a phenomenal program. So it just, it gets better every year. And I just very excited about this program. That is great. That's really, it is an exciting program. And I think somewhere I read that most people who go through the program end up with a finished product that um, is published. Yeah, I would say a, a lot of people do, but I think a lot of it also depends on what they come into the academy to do. A lot of people will come in to use it as that year of instruction and mentoring, um, because one of the things we offer is a mentorship with one of the well-established writers. So, um, for example, Rachel Spangler or Melissa Braden or Karen Callmaker might mentor a student, um, look at their finished product, give them some advice on how to to polish it. And um, a lot of times that does end up in a product that becomes submitted and, and gets published. But a lot of people come in and maybe they don't have any experience writing and maybe they go through the program and they do end up with a finished novel, but it's the first novel they've ever written. It's very rough. And it still needs a lot of work. And so that person might not end up publishing until the following year or three years later. Or, you know, maybe they never really saw writing as a career, but something they just wanted to get better at. So I, I, I like to be careful and say that, yes, while we do offer them the tools to start at page one and come out of the year with a finished novel, that you don't have to have that as a goal in order to get a lot out of the program. Okay. All right, that's great. And and for our listeners who aren't familiar with Golden Crown Literary Society, it is a group of women who um, not only uh, writers, but also readers um, uh, can become members. And um, every year uh, 
in the summertime, they have a conference, um, and the conference travels uh, to various parts of the U.S. I don't think there's been a conference outside of the U.S., has there? No, I think just because of the, like, we've had uh, some presence at conferences outside of the U.S., like uh, Jody Clare represented for the Writing Academy one year, I think, at Elcon in England. But um, all of the GCLS conferences are inside the U.S. Okay. And and they're great conferences. Um, I remember I went, I, that's where I actually met you, Finn, at um, the conference in Portland. Was it Portland? Yeah. In Portland, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, that was, uh, it was amazing. You know, you, you get to meet so many people. Um, there's so many great, um, workshops to attend. And, um, you know, the, the culmination then is Saturday night. There are the, uh, Goldie Awards, um, for, you know, best novels in, in various categories. Um, so it's really a fun time. I highly recommend it. Um, you don't, again, you don't have to be an author to go. You can, you know, be uh, a reader and, and join the club. So. Oh, yeah. We have every, readers, publishers, editors, um, audiobook narrators. I mean, or even just, you know, people that kind of come and hang out that, that aren't really, um, maybe they're a partner or a spouse of someone who's a reader and they just come and hang out. But I think what I love about it is that you can be a total introvert and everyone understands. So you can go and bust out and party your butt off, or you can be like, I just need some quiet time. And, and inevitably someone will step up and be like, there's this room over here. You can sit over here or you can quietly, you know, like everyone <laughs> understands how it feels to be an introvert in a crowd, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Really? Um, yeah. And everyone's just so nice and just, uh, it's, it's a fun time. And, um, yeah, it's great. It really is. It's a good time. Yeah. So, um, so are you uh, going to be as um, active with Golden Crown in a different way? Or um, are you kind of stepping down from, you know, being as active as you have been? Well, I, I, I like to say I'm losing my title, but not my job. Um, I am turning over the <laughs> I am turning over the director of education role to Anna, and I already know she's going to do an amazing job because she has already had such incredible ideas. Um, but I'm still going to run the writing academy for up to two years as we look for someone else that. Um, might be able to do that. So I, I'm not leaving the Writing Academy. Um, I'm just stepping down from the board, and that'll mean, you know, I, I won't necessarily be at the conferences. It's, it's a lot harder coming from small-town um, rural Canada, you know, where I don't have an airport within four hours. <laughs> and, wow. and so that was a big part of my decision to um to step off the board was just um, I can't I can't give it the attention that it needs, but I can still do all the writing academy stuff from online. Okay, so have you always lived in Canada? No, I met a Canadian at the DC conference, and she swept me off my feet. <laughs> we actually, in, I know, <laughs> and um, we had actually in the first probably a year or so that we were together, we had um, looked at her coming to the U.S. I had a really active community in Lansing and a great 
friends and a you know inexpensive house that was almost completely paid for and we really wanted for her to come to the u.s and we were going to immigrate that way but then um a certain person was elected and the immigration um rules in the u.s started getting really wonky and things were looking really bad for for people immigrating in the u.s and we just decided it would be far easier to go to canada Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was right. From the time we got all of our paperwork in until the time I was legally a resident was maybe six months. Wow, that's fantastic. So do you have dual citizenship yeah. or are you a citizen of Canada now? I'm a citizen of the United States and a resident of Canada. I won't be able to become a citizen of Canada until I've been here. I, I want to say it's five years. Okay, great. Great, good, yeah, yeah. That was a probably a good a good time to uh, <laughs> go to Canada too. <laughs> I agree, I agree. <laughs> Though of course I still worry about the state of affairs in the U.S. because of all of my loved ones. But yeah, yep, yep. We'll, we'll see what happens here, right? <laughs> yep. So, um, so do you still have a blog? I kind of have a blog. I, <laughs> I do have a blog at bestsnewlife.com. Um, and I, the last thing I posted was uh, when my senior dog died a month ago, I posted a tribute to him. And um, how, so yeah, sorry. he's been in my life for 14 years. Yeah. I know, I know. He's just my soulmate dog. So I wrote this whole long tribute to him just because. You know, I needed to write something about someone who had been a presence in my life for so long. Um, But I haven't really been keeping up with my blog. I do have a Patreon where I will sometimes post short stories and things that kind of come up off the cuff. Um, And it's just one of those things that's like on the list, you know, like one of these days I'm going to start posting more on my blog, but I just haven't gotten there yet. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. So, um, and, and how long have you had the blog? I don't know. Oh, I want to say since like 2012 or something. I mean, it's been around for a long time. Yeah, that is a long time. All right. And it's called Beth's New Life? Yep. It's, it's no apostrophe, just com. Okay. Awesome. So... Uh, our listeners can check it out. It's always good to know. Um, I know I'll get some uh, questions about that. So, so that's bethsnewlife.com. Awesome. You can also always find me on Facebook or Twitter. I'm I'm uh, pretty pretty active on both of those. Okay, so um, our listeners can actually contact you then on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm pretty, I'm pretty active on Facebook. I'm just there under Finney and Burnett. I'm probably the only one. So um, you can search me out there. I have an author page, but it, I don't uh, update it nearly as much as I do my personal page. So I just, yeah, if people want to reach out to me, they can definitely find me um, on Twitter. I'm also just uh, Finney and Burnett. 
and I'm somewhat active on Twitter. I, I think I'm far more political on Twitter. So if people are offended by me making fun of like orange dictators, they probably would want to stay away from my Twitter account and just stay on Facebook. <laughs> okay. And are you on Instagram at all? Um, no, I have an Instagram account, but it's, it's very rare that I remember to update it. Okay. All right. All right. Awesome. Um, and so, um, I want to, I want to ask you, um, since, since you're teaching, um, what are, in, in your estimation, what are the essential components of a good story? What makes a good story? Um, First of all, and I, I tell my students this all the time because some of them don't believe me. I think the plot structure is imperative. A lot of people love to just kind of pants it and don't think a plot structure is important. But your readers will know if you lost the plot thread somewhere. And they'll, they'll find plot holes and they'll find where you kind of ran out of steam and just threw something in there because you thought it would hold up the book. So plot structure is important. And then... Um, I would say character development is is equally important to plot. I, I can almost, you know, we talked about Stephen King a little bit earlier, and he's actually, I'm a big fan of his. Mm-hmm. He he develops the most realistic characters, and so you'll forgive some of his plot holes because you just care about his character so much. He can kind of just breathe life into characters in an instant. Um, I think if we're talking about women loving women fiction, I was thinking of, uh, Penny Mickleberry, if you've ever read her book, Two Wings to Fly Away, it, she she draws you into the character in just, you know, like six words, and all of a sudden you're invested. So character, plot structure, characterization, other than that, you know, some people rely more on setting than others, and, and some people, they find their science fiction world building is more important than, than anything else. But I think plot and well, if you've got plot down and you've got believable characters, you're going to have a good story. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that was Penny Nickelberry. Oh, Penny Nickelberry. Um, the book is called two wings to fly away. <clears throat> and it's just so rich and lush and um, it's just really an amazing book. Okay. I'm, I'll check it out. I'm not familiar with that. I was thinking, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. He's one of our writing academy instructors too. So, oh, cool. Um, I was thinking of of Radcliffe. Like her characters, just like suck you in, and and like I think about her Provincetown series, and I think I'm going to run into them when I go up there. You know, like that's how real they are. <laughs> um, it's a she does a great yeah. Radcliffe job. is amazing. She's she's not only a phenomenal writer, she's an amazing instructor too. She guest she guest teaches for us at the writing academy every year. Oh, and nice. every time the students leave the class just saying, Oh, I'm so inspired to write. So it's 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 a wonderful talent to not only be a great writer, but to be able to teach people how to do that. Yeah, yeah. She definitely has that gift, uh, for sure. Yes. So um Tell us one thing about Finn that no one else knows. I, you know, I, um, so this is kind of a, one of those shocker questions because I just, I don't know. I'm so open on social media and 
you know, in my in interviews and stuff, I don't know if there's anything left that, that people don't know about me. I even, I struggle with depression and I write about that pretty honestly. Um, so I guess like one thing that you don't know about me, um, um, I guess I would say that it's that I struggle with imposter syndrome. Now that I'm in do- the doctoral program, I, I, um, I skated through my master's program. Like I felt like I was the smartest person in my master's program and I never had to even really do a lot of work in order to ace everything. And so I kind of <laughs> felt, well, I'm, I'm so amazing. Like I'm just so smart and I, I got a 4.0 and I just skated through it. And now every single day in my doctoral program, I question whether I'm smart enough to even get through the next day, let alone the entire three years. So I would say that, yeah, if you want to know something about me that, that not very many people know, it's that um, I project this incredibly um, pretty high aura of confidence, but, but I definitely don't always feel it. Yeah, I think, I think you're not alone there, Finn, definitely. Um, and and all, yeah. all I can say about the doctor program is they wouldn't have allowed you to be part of it if they didn't think you could do it. You know, uh, I appreciate. Yeah, my advisor says that too, and I was like, I know. You know, on the surface, I definitely know that. Yeah, and it's meant to be hard. It's, <laughs> um, it's really. Um, I would say I don't think there is a doctorate program that is as easy as a master's program. Uh, you know, that's just how they, yeah, yeah. that's how they get you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like they suck you in. You're like, Oh, this schooly thing's easy. I'm going to keep doing it for the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's really awesome that you're doing that though. That really, that is a commitment beyond commitment i mean it it's it's a life you know um and it's amazing it that... is i'm so oh sorry go ahead i was gonna say it's amazing that you decided to uh go back for formal education um later in life you know and and keep going that's that is amazing i um i don't know how people that have kids and especially people that are single parents do it um, because I don't have children. I just have one cat who's not very needy and I'm really blessed that my wife also works from home and she is so willing to take on more than her fair share of the you know housework and cooking and all of that stuff when I'm when I'm like today working on a 40 page research paper and she just does everything. And so I'm really blessed to have that. But I always think about, I, I smoked, I was at about two packs a day of cigarettes and I was at the end of a 22 year habit. And one day I woke up and I said, I'm never going to smoke again. And that was like, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago. And I never did. And after that, I realized like, if I could do something that hard, then I could do anything, even if it's really hard and miserable while I'm in the middle of it. That is so true. Um, congratulations on that. That is, I, I, I've been there. I know how difficult it is to quit smoking. Um, it's probably one of the hardest things that I've done in my life. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's hell. Um, so that is awesome. And that is true. If you can do that, you can do anything. Totally. Totally. 
Good for you. Good for you. That's great. Um, so Finn, do you like to hear from, from your readers? I love it. I can't even tell you how many times that, you know, maybe I, I'm having a day where I'm like, oh, I haven't written in so long. Or I haven't published anything in so long. Or I'm not even really a real writer. Or, you know, you just have one of those moments. And then out of nowhere, you know, it just happened to me a couple of weeks ago. Someone messaged me and said, I just picked up your book coming around again, which is two years old at this point. And I really saw myself in that abusive relationship. And it felt so incredible to read someone that had gone through the experience I went through with getting out of an abusive relationship. And it was just a, a thank you letter from someone who felt really validated. And it's just, I love that because I love making people feel better. And I apologize if you just heard my alarm. It was my alarm that I'm supposed to be meeting with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love when people relate to my words, whatever the words are. My character Coyote in Coyote Ate the Stars is um, obese and and disfigured because he's been burned in a fire. And I've had a lot of people message me about having a, a conventionally ugly as as people see him character and how how he just feels so real and oh when people message me and tell me that like it just gives I get all squishy like I, I want to cry you know oh yeah I can understand that that is great and you've you've touched them you've reached them you know and you've reached inside of yeah. them and touched their hearts uh, that's that's a talent for sure that's yeah, great. that's great. I that's mean, nice. I'm much less like it if, if someone reaches out to say, you know, hey, I really didn't like this book of yours at all. But those people can still write to me. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I, I always go by what my mom always said. If you don't have anything nice to say about somebody, don't don't say it, you know. Uh, although she didn't generally stick to that, but she told us to. <laughs> so that's great. All right. So um, then our our listeners, your readers, uh, they can contact you on Facebook and Twitter. Um, any any other uh, ways to contact you? Absolutely. If if they're at all interested in learning about um, GCLS or the Writing Academy, they can go to goldencrown.org. And my um, GCLS email is listed in there under the staff. Uh, and there's all sorts of information about GCLS and the Writing Academy. And there are contact buttons everywhere. So if all else fails and someone can't find me on Facebook or can't find me on Twitter, they can go to goldencrown.org and click any contact button and no matter who gets it they'll make sure i get the i'll get the message awesome great so well finian burnett thank you so much for being with us today um i really appreciate it it was it was just a pleasure talking with you and uh congratulations on the name change um, that's very brave of you, uh, and uh, and I honor that. That's awesome. Oh, thank you so much, Anita. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. You're very charming, and you definitely came up with some great questions. <laughs> I hope I didn't put you on the spot too much. Not too much, no. Okay. All right. 
Well, that's that's all the time we have for today. Um, I'm Anita Kelly, and thanks for joining. Let's talk about books, baby. So until next time, may your journey be lighthearted, peace be plenty, and be safe, folks. <laughs>